Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help For You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the topic of our last episode. And if you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. And if you'd like to receive notifications on when our episodes have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. Now, many of you do not know my story of how I became an entrepreneur or how I started this podcast. So I'm going to share a little bit more information today so you can get to know about me a little bit more and why I have this podcast. So first, how did I become an entrepreneur? First of all, I never thought that I would be an entrepreneur. I didn't really see much regarding business ownership. My grandfather did have a business. However, he lived in Indiana and I lived in California. So I only got to see him usually once every other year for a week or so. So without having anyone near me, I didn't really know what entrepreneurship really was and what it entailed. But looking back, I see a few things that I did that actually prepared me to become an entrepreneur. So in high school, I signed up for a program that was called Junior Achievement. And I don't know if it's still in operation today, um, but they had mentioned that they had this program available to learn business and leadership, and it was advertised through the high school. So I did sign up for the program. And it is where you run a company with mentorship from people in corporations. At least I know for sure the one that I had was through Hughes. And I believe it was the same company that was the mentor for both, but it's been so many years, I don't really recall. But there were mentors that taught us how to run the company, how to manufacture the product, how to sell the product. And at the end of the term, basically we showed, were we profitable or were we not profitable? So the first year I was the treasurer. The second time that I participated, I was the president 
And I took the group of students to become the top sales company. And so having been treasurer and president, I've definitely used the skills that I learned for both of those positions in my own company. I did major in business management in college, but I thought that I was going to stay in retail management. I began working retail at the age of 17, and I worked for that same company for almost 10 years. I left after the birth of my second child. But when I went off to college, I had thought I was going to continue to pursue the retail management side of things. And I graduated. I had actually had multiple promotions while I was in that position. But basically, I decided after having two kids that being in retail, just it really wasn't conducive to the life that I wanted to lead with my family. If anyone has worked retail, you know, like the Christmas season actually begins in September. You could be working really long hours. And so the year that I got married, I actually was going in at 9 p.m. at night and working the overnight shift. At that time, I managed all of the soft lines of the retail store. So men's, women's, children's, cosmetics, jewelry, accessories, pretty much anything that you would put on your body or your children, that is something that I managed. And it was from the time that it hit the receiving dock through the time of sale. So as you can imagine during Christmas time, that would be even more inventory, crazy hours. And so we stocked the floor mainly at night when the store was closed to just make it easier to do our jobs. The second year that I was working this position, I'd had my daughter and had gone back to work. And then they changed the shift to be a 4 a.m. start time. And as you can imagine, with that time, my daughter was about one, one and a half. It was a little bit difficult to get to work and still be able to have everything ready for her. Thankfully, my husband was able to take her to the childcare and then I could pick her up. But having done that, when my son was coming along, I just decided it wasn't really worth staying in retail um, and not being able to see my family. So when my kids were four and two, there was a preschool that needed help. The director was on a medical leave and I was asked to step in and help. So I took my kids with me uh, since it was a preschool. I was able to take them and I just let them know I'd be there long enough to do the bookkeeping, but I wasn't going to work a full shift like the director had done before. They did have an office manager there too, who could be there if parents were coming in with questions, you know, payments, things like that. And she would just take those payments, leave it for me. I would do the bookkeeping. I would post it. I would, you know, figure out the counts for the lunch and pay the school that we were part of um, through those fees. And so I did that for quite a few months. It ended up being six months before the director came back. So when she came back, I started to think like, maybe it was time for me to get back into work. I always have been someone who feels like the need to be achieving something. And I loved being a wife and a mom, but I think I felt like I was just missing out on a little something, whatever that might be. And so I, an opportunity presented itself for me to become a full charge bookkeeper for a publishing company. And I was able to work part-time. I'd asked if I could, and they said, as long as you could get the work done, you know, in part-time hours, that's no problem. So I joined the company in 1998 as the full charge bookkeeper, which meant I handled everything in the accounting cycle, basically from the time 
parts were ordered, you know, an inventory was coming in, I would receive the inventory, post the bill, you know, make the payments, receive customer payments, reconcile accounts, and, you know, enter the payroll journal entries, all of that, that entails the finance I was involved in. So I began doing that in 1998. And in late 2002, Somebody who knew what I did asked if I would help her with her husband's business. She was doing the bookkeeping, but she said she absolutely hated parts of it. She didn't mind invoicing the customers and she didn't mind paying the bills. But when it came time to reconcile the accounts, she was just pulling her hair out. Um, it was hard for her to match everything up between credit cards and checks and fees would be coming out. Um, and it wasn't where the merchant just pulled the fee once a month. They pulled the fees daily. And so it just made her really frustrated and not wanting to help any longer. So I wasn't really sure that I wanted to help because at that point, I, again, didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneur and I knew there were some things I would have to do to be able to do that. I had to buy the software. I had to get a business license. And at the time I lived in an apartment and the city required a home operating permit if you operated a business out of your home. And as I looked at the cost that it was going to be for me to get the license and the home operating permit and the software, it really didn't make much sense for me to only have that one customer because I really wouldn't be making much or anything at all, really, once I had to pay for those fees. So I decided I needed to take on a few more clients to make it worthwhile. So at the time, I was on the PTA of the elementary school where my children attended, and one of the people on the board was also a bookkeeper. So I mentioned to her, I was thinking of starting my own business, and I just asked her for information on maybe how to find a couple clients. And she mentioned that she had a client that had two different businesses. There was a lot of intermingling. It was a lot of work for her, and she just didn't have time to help any longer and would I be willing to help? And so I said, yes, thank you you know, so much. And then I added a few more clients. So I was working my part-time real job and then I was doing this on the side. And so I would go to the clients once or twice a month. Um, the initial customer who reached out, I would pick up her information, work from home and then return it to her. But the other businesses, I would go to their actual office get the bank statements or invoices, whatever it was that I needed to be able to do the work, I would post and reconcile. And I did that for about a year and a half or so. And then in 2004, my husband had said, you know, you should quit your job and really focus on your business. At that point, I was working four days a week, about 32 hours. And then I was doing the client work that extra one day a week, and I would have a different client on a different week that I was going to. So one client I would go to twice a month. I might go to them like the second and the fourth week of the month, and then someone else, maybe the first and third. So I was basically working the five days a week. And my husband just said, you know, focus on your business. The customers that you have love you. You're providing a great service. And I was really afraid to give up my guaranteed paycheck. I don't know if any of you listening were in that same spot where you had a quote unquote real job. Um, you were thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, but giving up that guaranteed paycheck is a little bit scary. But my husband said, you're going to be great. You are doing a great job right now. You can continue to market. You can bring on more customers. And I know that you will be successful. 
So in late 2005, I was introduced to someone who had a tax and bookkeeping practice and she wanted to offload the bookkeeping work. Now I misunderstood the introduction at first. Someone I had met through a business meeting had said she had a friend who was looking for a bookkeeper. So I just thought it was going to be another, you know, client assignment. She just needed help with her own bookkeeping. I didn't realize that she wanted to offload some of the clients that she had, but we had a discussion. I learned about her clients. Uh, she and I hit it off. And then we met with our husbands. We all hit it off really well. We were able to work out the plan where I could basically move into her office and help the clients with the bookkeeping. If they had any questions on the tax. We could just transfer the call to her and it was an easy transition. Um, and, you know, we just let the clients know she was moving away from the bookkeeping, but that she was still there. And so for a year and a half, I shared that space with her, but then I outgrew the space. So the work area had three desks really that could be worked at. So she had a desk, she had an assistant, and then there was me. And then I hired someone to work part-time. And then during busy season, her husband would also come in. So we were trying to juggle us all sitting at these three desks with five of us. So it became obvious that I needed to find you know, my own space. So in May, 2007, I opened my own office. And I went to the office Every day I would get up in the morning, you know, help my kids get their things ready for school. I would go, I would work all day, come home and then try to help them, you know, with some other things as well. And it was difficult at first. And I was tired and quarterly reporting and everything that happened that made every third month a bit difficult. But again, I was able to hire someone, my first employee in 2006. So that did help relieve a bit of my uh, stress, but it was a little bit difficult. I'm not going to lie about that. I did love being an entrepreneur, but it was a little bit hard to be able to do everything that I needed to do in the time that I had allotted for, you know, just being able to do what I needed to do and still be a mom. So I started to realize periodically when we are, you know, going to visit family or things that I still need to be able to operate the company. And so I learned about remote software at that point where you could work from anywhere. So if I went to visit my family, I was still able to work as necessary, run payroll, you know, do the things that I needed to do. And so I was able to start that probably about 10 years ago, but it was really only that week or so at a time I would be gone. Otherwise I was in the office, but in 2019, I had basically nine of us in an office at that point. And we decided to start a remote work from home practice. And so we knew it was going to take time to implement, but we did come up with a schedule. And I actually had an employee in 2018 who thought she was going to have to quit. She had lost her mom and her mom lived in another state and she had to handle the estate. And so we actually said, why don't we use this as a test case and let's start finding the software that we need to be able to communicate, be able to do all of the work efficiently. And then we can, you know, tune what we have going to, you know, fine tune it to be what we really need. So she had started in November, 2018. By the fall of 2019, I'd come up with a plan where my staff was going to start one day a week from home while the rest of us were in the office. And then each person had a different day that they worked from home. And so we began that in November of 2019. So 
At that point, we knew we were going to be moving to more and more days, but because our January season is so difficult, it was just easier for us all to be in the same room so we could, you know, print documents, have someone else help, you know, proofread and mail out. But we were going to start two days a week in February, which we did, you know, start to implement that. And then, of course, as you know, in March of 2020, COVID hit and we had an immediate shutdown order in L.A. County. Now, my business is considered essential. I could have still asked everyone to come to the office, but because we'd already been practicing this and I knew that it could work, I let all the staff know, except for the one admin, uh, to go ahead and work from home. And that is how we actually shifted to being completely remote. And thankfully we had prepared. We already had our phone systems that were actually all VoIP through the computers instead of hardline phones. And we had our chat system, we had online uh, remote software connections. So that made it really easy for us to be able to make that transition. And COVID, allowed me to realize as well, you know, that my customers now know that it's possible, you know, for us to work completely remotely. Cause a lot of times people were afraid that if it was completely remote, we wouldn't be able to operate as well. And they still had the comfort in having an office where they could come if necessary. But once this happened and the government was basically mandating a shutdown, if you could, that allowed for us to really start to expand the search for staffing outside of my local area as well. So as of this recording, I have 10 employees that are located in California, Indiana, Michigan, and Tennessee. So those who know me know that I'm actually a shy, introverted person. And so even starting a business and putting myself out there through networking and things like that was not always easy, but being a podcast host was definitely not on my radar. So how did I end up with the podcast? In 2019, the executive producer of Voice America reached out to me to see if I'd be interested in hosting a show on their network. She had found content that I shared on LinkedIn through you know, my blog and said that the information was extremely helpful and she knew that listeners would tune in. And again, I just never thought I would even have a podcast. And I told her I needed to think about it for a minute because it was going to be an hour long show. It was going to be live. It would be re-aired multiple times during the week. And so I was just not sure if I wanted to go that route. Again, being an introvert and being on a live show for an hour, that was a bit scary. But I finally decided I could try it and see what happens, right? What's the worst that could happen? I could flub, you know, I could mess up. I could, you know, just make a bunch of mistakes. But I started and it was scary a little bit, but I went ahead and talked to some people I knew in business. And I said, would you like to be guests on my show? It's going to be educational for business owners. I want to give them information that will really help them be successful. I have had people, you know, come into my office, not knowing what they were supposed to have done and ended up with penalties for not doing something on time, whether it was not filing for a business license because they thought a DBA was also a business license, or, you know, maybe they calculated sales tax wrong, or they did something wrong with their filings. And once you get that notice and a penalty is assessed, usually 
you do not get that reversed unless you can prove, you know, that really what they're saying was a mistake, wasn't a mistake. Or sometimes you can ask for an abatement saying it was like the first time you made a mistake, you know, could you potentially have that waived? But most of the time it is not. And so just seeing the devastation when these small business owners who are trying their best just to have a business were ending up with these penalties and, you know, failings in other areas, I thought, well, let me talk to experts and have them share their expertise. So I did, and again, it was audio only originally with Voice America, and I stayed with them until November of 2020. And then at that point, I switched to doing the podcast myself and including video that I posted to YouTube, as well as again, sharing it to multiple podcast platforms, including Google, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. So I originally did one show a week. Voice America was one show a week. It started originally on Tuesdays at two o'clock in the afternoon. So I kept the same schedule basically for my podcast when I switched to video, and I just had it airing on that Tuesday. But we had so many guests reaching out, wanting to be on the podcast that once we were getting them booked, they literally were going to have their show airing about five months after they recorded with me. And I just thought that was just too long to have to wait. And rather than telling guests, we're not going to schedule anything for a couple months, I decided that I would start to do two podcasts a week. Uh, So I started airing them on Tuesdays and Fridays. Since I began my show in 2019, I have almost exclusively interviewed others to share their expertise, but I realized recently that I really need to talk more about information from my own industry to help you be successful with your bookkeeping, payroll, sales tax, 1099s, and other compliance duties. So I'm going to start doing individual podcasts as well, where I will be giving you information in the financial arena. So for those who listen to my podcast, but you don't know how I started my business or my podcast, again, I wanted to share this with you. So I hope you found this interesting and you just learned a little bit more about myself, how I became an entrepreneur and how I became a podcast host. Again, if you have topics that you would find interesting that you haven't heard, or you just think that would be great to take maybe another focus on please email me at media at abnp.com. And if you're interested in being a guest who you have something that you want to share, uh, you can also email us and we can send you our intake form that you'll provide information to us. So we'll know your topic description and things like that. And we can determine if we think it's a great fit. And again, that email is media at abnp.com. So I have now shared more than 200 episodes on my podcast. And if you haven't been listening for a while, if you want to go to our YouTube channel, you can find the ones since I had originally begun with the video back in late 2020. And my shows on Voice America are actually still on their website as well. So if there's topics there that I had shared in the past, you'd like to find, you still can find those too. And I hope you will share our show with those you know. And if you would leave a review on your favorite platform, I would really appreciate it. My goal is to help educate the entrepreneurs so they could be successful. The statistics for failed businesses continue to increase, and I want to change that. So your sharing this podcast can help me reach those listeners as well and give them the tips and the tricks that they need. 
So from my story, you've learned I never planned to be an entrepreneur nor a podcast host, but here I am. So I encourage you to step out of your comfort zone and pursue something that you never thought that you would. You might find that you love it. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you found it interesting to learn a little bit more about my story and my passion to help the entrepreneurs. And if you have any additional questions or comments, again, reach out to me at media media.abandp.com. And I hope you can join us for our next episode. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And would you please share our show with those you know and leave a review on your favorite platform? I'd really appreciate your support. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next time. Have a terrific day.